There we go. Oh. Yeah. What are you up to? Oh, trying to straighten up this mic right this second. All right. If I can push that back like that, that might help. That's perfect. Yeah, that should be good. Um, no, I uh, on Facebook for our Facebook page, I mm-hmm. asked people what their favorite verses were. Yep. I put on there, I said, what is your favorite? So there's a few people that commented on there, and I thought maybe we could mention those people and uh, what they said, what their favorite Bible verses were. Right, and I wanted to I want to expand a little bit on that. Like, say, I want to take many episodes and kind of feature those people that are saying what their favorite verse is on, on oh, the mini yeah. episodes and dive a little deeper and see why it's their favorite verse. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that is a great idea. So, so I took a little snapshot of it. Heck yeah. That way I can have it on hand here. Okay. So yeah, it's been good. I got an MRI to go do tomorrow. Oh boy. <laughs> mm. That sounds like loads of fun. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Did you, did you have the, did you go to the massage yet? No, I'm going to do that uh, after the MRI, after we find out what's going on, depending on what it is. Um, I'll probably go do that afterwards. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You get, get that butt massage I was telling you about. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Everybody needs a butt massage. (laughs) Yeah. Good old butt punching. Man, that'll help you. Good old butt punching. That'll help them lower glutes. <laughs> did you get you did you get yourself a nice drink and uh kiss from your wife and a snack? I did. I did. <laughs> it's kind of an off day, really. You know, we're really? recording this episode on a on a day we don't normally record, but we got a we got some catching up to do and so Yeah. Yeah. It's been it just it just won't stop raining here. Really? I'm afraid that yeah. I'm afraid that if I if we get any more rain, I'm going to have to have, what is them dry suits? <laughs> yeah. Is it a dry suit? Dry that suit. That keeps you warm suit. when you're diving yeah. in cold water. Is that what it is? Both of them do. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Whatever. Cause it won't warm it. it it's, it's back cold again and I'm going to really? need some scuba gear and a dry suit or whatever to keep me warm. <laughs> yeah. Man, that good old Idaho weather. It's kind of like Texas weather. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, I know it. Well, and you know what I've been thinking about is I've had, I've struggled so much since we, since we moved out here, figuring out this whole fishing thing. Cause of course it's totally different, but aside from fly fishing, uh, fishing out here is totally different. And so I finally, uh, last week, Monday figured out how to salmon fish. Oh, nice. What'd you learn? Uh, that it's a lot like catfishing. <laughs> oh, really? That I knew how to do it all along. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, I learned just in time for the river to come up. <laughs> now it really oh. screwed things up. Oh, is it with the river being higher? It's not very good. No, no, you can't get the. It's it's flowing so fast. I think the rivers around here are flowing at. Uh, however they measure it, it's like, what is it? Uh, 80,000 cubic, 80,000 CFS, I think is what it is. Cubic feet per second? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. 
I had to go learn this fishing by myself. Or actually, we went on a, it was kind of a, I guess, a mandate for uh, lack of a better <laughs> words. <laughs> hey, not, nothing wrong with that. No, no. We, because I couldn't figure it out. We tried taking the kids out and uh, that was, it was close to a disaster. Yeah. Nobody in the tackle shops would tell us how to, how to salmon fish. And, um, and so we tried it ourselves and then trying to keep those kids away from the, the water as fast as it's going. That was like, all right, kids, let's just load up and take you to a calm hole and you can cast the line and see if you get lucky enough to catch something, I guess. I'm, I'm curious as to why nobody in those bait shops wanted to help you or show you how to salmon fish. Is it like they don't want to lose their secrets or is it like a yeah. bad juju? You know, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. It, it's like, it's, it's more of a secret than somebody telling you where the elk are at. It's, it's crazy. Huh? Well, they, they don't have to tell you where their good fishing spots are, just how to do it. I know it. That's, that's what I was saying. I, we were in this tackle shop and, and I was like, I was talking to the, the, the wife of the owner was there and she, she didn't have much to say on it, on it and just tell me that her, husband was coming back sometime within the hour and i was like well all right there was a guy walking around the shop and i was like oh how do you salmon fish and he's like well i i i don't know i i don't want to tell you the wrong thing it's like well there is no wrong answer in this in this scenario because i'm trying to figure it out well i i i don't know i i don't want to tell you i i don't i don't fish that way because she had just been saying well she was asking me well do you plunk do you float do you it's like I was like I don't know what I do. I have a fishing pole. I just want to fish for salmon. <laughs> and uh, th- this guy wasn't any help. <laughs> I take a pole, some string, a hook, and a piece of bait, and I throw it in the water. I just want to catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, well, I had that same. I've had the same instances going into a shop trying to get a chainsaw bar too. Before, you know, I've I've gone into a into this uh, local chainsaw shop here and. It's like, hey, I need an eighteen-inch ch- uh, chain for a for a chainsaw. Well, you want uh, such and such? Do you want skip, half skip, whatever? I was like, I don't know. He's like, I just, I, I just need a chain for a chainsaw. He's <laughs> like, I'm not a logger. <laughs> I just like, want to be able to like, cut some firewood. I don't want to chip, skip anything. I just want to cut some wood. Is it? <laughs> That's funny. Well, since then I've learned I, I've learned what I'm looking for, and it, it's uh, some cut better than others, I guess. I, I still haven't. I've learned a little bit on it, but I haven't. It doesn't doesn't really concern me much. I just want a chain that cuts wood. That's all I want. Right? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> if you see me kind of moving around a lot tonight, it's because trying to keep myself comfortable because all this. No, I don't sciatica. blame you. Yeah. Good old sciatica. Yeah. I know it. I had, uh, oh, what the heck was I going to say? I was going to lead off with something else, but, hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not quite yet. Oh, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. It took me a second. If you heard, because I heard in the editing of, I know it. I heard (laughs) in the editing of the last full episode we did, all the chirping in the background. I am, I, I have some, uh, little mini guests here in the studio and my on my end 
we we got chicks so of course if you hear those guys chirping in the background they they've settled down since i've gotten in here but they were they get a little riled up with me sitting right next to them here (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of stinks in here i think we're ready to get them out in the coop but of course with all this rain that's funny with all this rain we can't get them outside that's too funny so but anyway what do you say we let's get this thing started huh Let's get rolling. Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. All right, so uh, which episode are we going into here? What's that? Which episode are we going into here? I don't know. (laughs) Is this episode seven? Not sure. (laughs) This is, we no. well, I guess technically. I mean, we're 10 episodes, yeah, we're 10 episodes deep in the, in, on the platform, but that's because of the mini episodes, so. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Full episodes? But, yeah, seven, I think. Good deal. Yeah. So. All right, let's. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of how we want to, which kind of story I want to go with to kind of kick us off here. And um, let's see. Let's start with this. So, uh, we got off the road uh, when we were living in the RV. We had traveled. You guys have heard that story already. So we came. We came back to our hometown in Idaho, and we were still living in the RV. We had. We were living in this RV uh, campground. Uh, we had, of course, as you can imagine, there's all these different uh, dang near at the time, all the spots were full. So it was, we lived in the campground for, oh, dang near six months, eight months, I think, something like that, before we ended up buying this house. And uh, during that time living there, we, there, this guy that was living next door to us in this trailer, he's just a lonely old guy. It was, let me think about the timeline here. It was like a, oh man, it was like, it was like a week before. And I had, I had caught a whiff of something and I was like, oh man. So I laid down that night with, you know, we, we were laying in bed and I kind of turned to Ashley. I was like, you know, wouldn't it suck to die in your trailer all alone like that? And nobody know about it for a while. She's like, yeah, that would suck. Why would you talk about something like that? It's like, I don't know. I, I caught a whiff earlier or something, and I I just got to thinking about it. So anyway, the I think the next weekend rolls around. Ashley was doing laundry at the laundromat. Uh, I call her up. I'm I had washed out the coffee pot or something. Was putting it outside the RV. Uh, I I caught this whiff again, and it was stronger now. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I call up Ashley. I was like, uh. I, this guy, this guy next door is dead. I was like, I can smell him. I was like, I swear this guy is dead in his trailer. And uh, she's like, all right, well, I'll try calling. I'll try calling on it. And so she she gets a hold of the police department. And uh, anyway, it's starting to get dark. And these guys, these cops show up. It's a sheriff's deputy and a city cop show up. And he has like, hey guys, I have. I've smelled my sheriff dead bodies and this, I swear this guy next door is dead inside there <laughs> and, and no explanation. And Did you the that at all? Over and he was, <laughs> no, no, we'll get, I'll, I'll get there. Okay. 
so the cop leans over and he's he looks at my my license plate on the truck and he's like how how long you been in idaho county it's like oh heck i've been here you know i don't know four or five years something like that and i was like oh we just left and now we came back and um he's like okay you know what instead of me just getting your uh information and writing having to write it all down can i just get your license it's like yeah sure no problem unknowing that he's like thinking i'm a suspect so anyway come to find out the guy next door was dead the story around the police station was that uh this crazy guy next living next door to him has seen his share of dead bodies because i was i used to be a firefighter and paramedic so of course i've seen a lot of dead bodies and but i never once I never once told those guys that I was that I was had anything to ever do with uh, a paramedic being a paramedic or anything. And I lay down that <laughs> night and Ashley's like, because she come Ashley came home from the laundromat and I was finally got, went inside and they were doing their thing, handling the dead guy. And um, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, were they pretty nice to you? Because they were pretty like off putting to me. She's like, yeah, no, they were just fine with me. It's like, huh, it's interesting. Well, we lay down in bed that night and she's like, did you guys, what did you say to him? I was like, well, I said, I was like, can you smell that? There's a guy dead in there. I was like, I know what a dead body smells like. I've I've smelled my fair share of dead bodies. And she's like, did, did you tell him, did you tell the officer that he was, that you were a paramedic? And I was like, no, you know what? It never came to mind. She's like, oh gosh! Why? <laughs> no wonder they didn't. No wonder they weren't nice to you. Oh man! I see my cop buddy at church that next Sunday, and I was like, hey man, was there any stories about me going around the police station? They're like, yeah, actually, there was. He's <laughs> like, I was like, oh man. He's like, well, could you clear that up for me? He's like, yeah, I'll clear it up for you. So he. Uh, long story short, a long story, um, getting to the end of it is he put me, ended up putting me in his phone as Aaron, the murderer, <laughs> this, this cop friend of mine. Just to make matters better. <laughs> right. Right. And not too soon after that, we were, uh, coming back up from Southern Idaho and there was a guy sitting in his car on the side of the road and, um, Ashley, he was kind of had his head up against the steering wheel. And Ashley was like, well, hey, we should stop and check on him. I was like, uh, what county are we in? Because if I report another dead body, I'm they're really going to start suspecting something. <laughs> maybe just maybe just make your wife uh, report the next one. <laughs> You're a true Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Come to find out we were in another county. So I was like, well. We could have called if he was dead, but he ended up, we ended up turning around. I said, well, forget it. I'll, I'll, we'll go and check on him. And so he was just sleeping in his car. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. Good times. So I tell that story. I know it. I tell that story to kind of lead us into last week. We had this, this transient. We We were just sitting down for dinner and we had this transient. It was a gal. She knocks on the door and she said that she's looking for a place to stay, that she had been to the police station. They said since she didn't have her story was that the uh, her license had been stolen. She had no ID and they the cop 
the cops couldn't help her out. So they kind of sent her around to different churches to find a place to stay for the night. So anyway, we invite her in and she, we, we, we feed her, we end up feeding her. And of course get in touch with our pastor and long story short, we ended up finding, getting her a place to stay for the night. And, uh, nice. we, we go and pick up her bags. It, it, there was a little bit of uh, she. It, it it kind of felt a little. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Was there hesitation? Like, yeah, like there was. There was some some parts of her story weren't lining up and stuff. She was an incredibly yeah. nice lady, but it didn't. It, it just didn't seem like things were. She might be. Um, might cause trouble. Or something like that, but we were trying to just trying to help her. So I ended up calling my cop friend and saying, "Hey, you know, we put this gal up here, such and such. It's like, is there any way that you could run her just to see if she's been causing trouble or or whatever?" And uh, the the funny story of that was that he he told me he's like, "No, I can't really help you," but he's like, "I saw you calling, and I just had to answer the murderer." so he still got me in his in his phone as the murderer and so he couldn't ignore a call from the murderer (laughs) that's great i know it but that kind of leads us into you know when you when we brought this gal in it kind of leads us into what what the bible says about hospitality is it you know that was our first thought is you you never know when you're going to be entertaining angels yeah you know it Mm-hmm. And so the first thing, the first uh, verse that came to mind on on hospitality was First uh, Peter chapter four verse uh, verses eight and nine. It, it, it's it's one of the it's one of the favorites. Let me look it up here. I have it marked out. First Peter chapter four, eight and nine. All right, so. So this is what we're this is what we're kind of called to, and this is one, and we're going to get into this topic of of hospitality for just a second. So uh, verses eight and nine. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks kindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Be hospitable to one another without complaint, or in some versions. It does say practice hospitality uh, and uh, do not grumble. Do how does how does yours put it, Marshall? Um, I I don't have that one pulled up. Uh, what was the verse again? Let me let me see. Yeah, chapter four, verses eight and nine. That was Peter first. First Peter. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, first Peter. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Let's just see here. I was looking up a, a different verse. I looked up, uh, so that's why I wasn't, I wasn't here. Oh, I got you. Oh, that's all right. Okay, so you said four, chapter four, chapter four. Yep. All right. Hang on, I'm almost there. All right, chapter. Pretty four, much just uh, verse. Yeah, read verse nine. Okay. It says, "Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling." There you go. Without grumbling. Let's break that down. Just. A little bit. So, I mean, what does it mean to practice hospitality without grumbling? What does it mean to... Go ahead. Okay. You know, you don't want to... 
without grumbling means you don't want to go on about how much the food costs, you know, that how, however you're practicing this hospitality, you don't have time to take this person in or time to entertain these guests of yours. Um, or, you know, if you're considering, if there's somebody you trust that you don't have room for them, you don't have the space for this person. It's, it's what it means by, you know, by not grumbling but yes there you know there are instances such as such as the one we just went through with this transient coming into our house um where you do have to think about protecting your family as well yeah but this is that but we still showed that hospitality by trying to accommodate a place trying to use our resources to um help this individual find a place to stay for the night instead of sleeping on the road. Yeah. You know, we had a similar situation happen to us um, earlier this year where a lady came up to our door and it was late. I want to say it's probably like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, I mean, it scared me and my wife half to death. I mean, she was banging on the door. I thought the police were at the door. Someone was trying to break in. I, I darn near went and grabbed my gun. I was like, I don't know what's about to happen because she, she was kind of aggressive. And I was like, so I was already on, on edge a little bit. And then when I opened the door, I kind of just cracked it with one foot behind the door and the rest of my body to the side, just kind of peeking through the crack. And long story short, she was just looking for money. And she had a whole story behind as to why she mm-hmm. was needing it and all that stuff. And we didn't have any cash to give her because, I mean... I mean, not very many people carry cash anymore anyway. It's, you know, credit cards and debit cards and things of that nature. But but I thought about that. Now, I did, however, uh, before she left, um, I did pray with her. And I asked her, I said, hey, do you mind if I pray with you before you leave? And she said, yes, I would love that, actually. And so I did. I, I prayed with her right there at the door. And uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it brought her to tears. And she said, yeah, I really appreciate that and all this stuff. And she started kind of going into how she was raised in the church and everything. So... You know, we didn't give her, you know, money. We didn't give her, you know, like y'all, y'all uh-huh. offered up, you know, uh, y'all helped her get a place to stay and stuff. And, um, but I did offer her prayer and, and sometimes that's just as much, you know, for somebody as offering them a place to live or a, a you know, a, a meal or something like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it, it ended well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I see where you come from. It, it's something that me and Ashley talked about too. Was how it kind of it kind of sucks that the world these days has ha, has made you um, so on edge about trying to show God's love or hospitality because you're you're always thinking the worst. It it this world has always caused you to think the worst of somebody and not just. Why can't we be, why, why, why can't we just be hospitable or why can't we just be loving enough to be able to trust somebody to, well, let me take you in. Let me feed you. Let me give you a drink. This, this gal that came into the house was obviously, she probably wasn't too hungry, but that gal, we had just made like two gallons of sweet tea. I swear she drank a half a gallon while she was at the house. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get so, that I energy. mean, she was already thirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, another verse that I, you know, in preparing for this podcast, I I came across was uh, Matthew chapter 25, uh, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you blessed of my father, 
you favored of God, appointed to eternal salvation, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the fountain of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison, and you came to me, ignoring personal danger. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Verse 40, The king will answer and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. Yeah, I, we could spend we could probably spend a yeah we could spend almost a whole podcast breaking that down into just hospitality. Oh, easy. But it, I, I thought it was a good verse for this because it covered that the ignoring the personal danger and with help and ministering care, like what you were saying, Marshall that all you did for the gal that came into your house or that came to your door that night was you just took that opportunity to, to simply minister to her. And maybe that's what that person was just needing at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You, you really never know. And that's how we got, like you said, that's how we have to trust, trust God in those situations. Um, you know, I've got a verse here. It's Philemon chapter one, four through seven. Oh, and, uh, this in Go this chapter in this chapter is talking about Paul's appreciation to Philemon, but in uh, chapter four, I'm sorry, chapter one, four through seven, it says, "I always thank my God as I remember and remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ." Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. That I I I, I really like that. And there's an explanation of that of that verse of those verses down at the bottom. It says, "Like cold water on a long hike, this Christian brother Philemon <clears throat> knew how to be refreshing. He was able to revive and restore his brothers and sisters in the faith. His love and generosity had replenished and stimulated them." Philemon, also encouraged by Paul, by his love and loyalty. And then, uh, and then it says, are you, refre- are you a refreshing influence on others, or do your attitude and temperament add to the burden they carry? Instead of draining others, energy and motivation with complaints hmm. and problems replenish their spirits by encouragement, love, and helpful attitude. And all that really just stood out to me. To me, it kind of tied into to hospitality because... You know, by being hospitable, you're you're practicing and you're sharing your faith and your love of Christ with whoever it is that comes, you know, comes across your path. Yeah. And that that kind of goes back to that last that last verse in Matthew uh, 25, 40, verse 40. He kind of goes into saying, you did it for me, which was the last the last little part of the sentence on in verse 40. You know how I said earlier that we that there's a chance you never know when you're going to be entertaining angels, and mm-hmm. so maybe that maybe the Lord sent that person to you 
and put them in that and put them in your life at that moment to reveal himself through you and or your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've got another verse here, Aaron. I'd like to to go over it, if, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it, man. It's Genesis, let's see, 18, 2 through 5. And I didn't go far enough back. I was just looking. I was thinking the page number went to the chapter. <laughs> let's, oh. see. let's see. Genesis, it's page 33, not chapter 33. So Genesis 18, 2 through 5. Um, it says, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Uh, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under the tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. And uh, let's see. I think in the back here it explains. Yeah, so it says Abraham was eager to show hospitality to these three visitors, as was Lot. Uh, and, and, and this is, I found interesting. I didn't know this, but it says in Abraham's day, a person's reputation was largely connected to his hospitality, the sharing of home and food. Even strangers were to be treated as highly honored guests. Meeting another's needs for food or shelter was and still is one of the most immediate and practical ways to obey God. It is also a time-honored relationship builder. Hebrews 13.2 suggests that we, like Abraham, might actually entertain angels, like you've been saying a couple different times. Uh, this thought should oh, be on yeah. our minds the next time we have the opportunity to meet a stranger's needs. I totally agree. And so we can kind of not, we're not going to conclude this quite yet, but the, the generalized idea that we should have when seeing hospitality is to see it as a way to show Jesus and to picture that person or that whoever is in our house or wherever we're in or wherever we're showing this hospitality at is to picture that those people or that person as if it was Jesus physically in your presence. Amen. And so I wanted to, I have a verse too, and it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 13 through 18. Let me find that here. Okay, so contributing to the needs of God's people, pursuing the practice of hospitality, bless those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, which is sharing others' gift, uh, grief. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, which is conceited, self-important, ex exclusive, but associate with humble people, those with realistic self-view. Do not overestimate yourself. Never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I included that in this talk about hospitality because, believer or not, everyone is the Lord's. And it doesn't matter who or how important someone is or isn't to show that hospitality or or, or that that empathy whenever possible. So that means, you know, what he's talking about, what Paul is talking about in Romans is also referring to, and the reason I put that, I 
um, was led to that verse was because that is that is including friend or enemy. In fact, it's better if you're being hospitable to um, I, I say enemy, but even to somebody that you don't like. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And so, yeah, and uh, it kind of it kind of leads me to this whole talk about hospitality, and it's something I've been wanting to do for a little while. Um, gets it, it gets me to thinking about there was this one instance. I can only remember this one instance from when I was a kid. Um, my parents, they, they chose a night one time to just mom cooked a bunch of food and, uh, and just open the front door and anybody, anybody who happened to walk by, anybody who wanted to be fed, um, was welcome into the house to, to eat. And that was, I think that was a a good reflection as to what hospitality is. It'd be something that I've, I've kind of remembered growing up that it's like, oh, you know, that would be pretty nice to, to show that hospitality, open your house up maybe once a month and allow, allow strangers in and feed them, maybe give them a little bit of that. You know, we've talked on here before about ministering through, through the way you act or ministering. You, you may not even have to just show, just show your friendliness through, just feeding somebody who you, you never know who's going to walk through that door and need food. Yeah, I think it's important, um, you know, and, 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 and it's not just, you know, strangers, you know, you it, it, you can practice a hospitality with, uh, you know, family and friends, you know, people at your church, uh, you know, you can set up what, like Aaron was saying, once a month have, you know, a, a group of people from your church come over or just, you know, maybe some coworkers come over and uh, be hospitable that way. But, you know, I think it's, you know, also, and and I I know you had talked about this earlier, but I think it's important that when it is a stranger, like when the instance that that Aaron had or that I had, we shouldn't be afraid, but at the same time, use good judgment. Not that you're being judgmental, but do be, do use good judgment and, and, and do, you know, listen to your heart, listen to your gut, because, you know, yeah, times have changed between now and biblical days or even, you know, 40, 50 years ago, it is smart to still be safe and really just, you know, but at the same time, don't let that take away how God is going to use you to be hospitable or bless somebody. Perfect. Sorry. I was, (laughs) I was getting interrupted with the kids walking in again. The old kiddos are back again with a vengeance. I know it. It's chicks and kids. So we're going to make a joke. All right. Hold on just a second here. All right. Where were we? Here we go. So we're going to start transitioning into, uh, into the other part of this. Okay. I found it funny that, that God would send this person into our home this week, this past week in light of preparing for this podcast. Uh, because, what we're going to talk about next kind of in a way fits with what we just talked about. Uh, I say that and thinking of it, it doesn't, but uh, heck, we'll just keep rolling with this. We're going to keep plugging so, away. Yeah. Are you ready for, uh, are you ready to move on or do you have anything else on, on hospitality? Oh, I've got tons of Bible verses on hospitality, but um, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Most of what I have is on hospitality. We just keep on going. All right. So, but so where we're going next is as, as you all know and and have heard that one of our favorite verses on here has become 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 uh verses 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. I even have it highlighted in my bible here. There you go. <laughs> and to make it your ambition to live quietly and peacefully and to mind your own affairs 
and work with your hands just as we directed you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders, exhibiting good character, personal integrity, and moral moral courage worthy of the respect of the outside world, and be dependent on no one and in need of nothing, be self-supporting. What I want you to do, Marshall, is I want you to also read your version of it. Yeah. Because I, I think there are some out. other... Yeah. Yeah, and, and just so y'all know, the Bible, the version of my Bible is, and I think I've said this before, but it's the Life Application Study Bible, the New International Version. So it's NIV. First uh, Thessalonians four eleven through twelve. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. <laughs> I kind of like that. Mind your own business, and to work with your uh-huh. hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of the outsiders. And so that you will not be dependent on anybody. <laughs> Golly. Oh, shoot. <laughs> All right. All right. Hold on a second here. Hold on. I'm going to leave you for just a second. All right. We should change this from the Undaunted Pursuit podcast to a day in the life of two podcasters and their children. Even though I don't have children, but Aaron does. I think we should do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I like Undaunted Pursuit podcast. It's a great... It's a great name. Here he is. All right. I'm back. All right. So the reason I had you read your version is because there was some different wording in it that I that I really liked. And because when studying for this, I kind of read through the different versions of, of that verse. Gotcha. Let me ask you this. Do you want me to read that again? No, because I have it. Okay. Good deal. I have it. I have it written down. So, okay. so anyway, what we what I want to do is I want to start with verse eleven and let's uh, let, let's break this passage down. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you heard in Marshall's version, it said, "Make it your goal," or some versions say, "Make it your ambition," or "Aspire." Some some other versions say, "Aspire to live a quiet life." And we're going to stop there for just a second. So the word "aspire" in in one of the versions, I can't remember. Forgive me what version it is, but in the Greek, I found that it means uh, to be fond of and honor. So we can. So Paul, in this in this instance, is urging the Thessalonians to be ambitious in pursuing a peaceful life, a uh, tran- uh, tranquil life. Uh, man, am I? How am I saying a, a tranquil life? Mm-hmm. Even though Paul, something I wanted to point out that even though, and this is this is true with a lot of everything that comes out of the Bible, that even though Paul is writing this letter to the Thessalonians, we can still apply these truths in our modern life. Take it as, as if he's writing directly to us, as, as of course it was the Holy Spirit that was guiding him when he was writing these letters to begin with. Yep. So to all of you listening, and this is, this is nothing new, we should all make it our ambition to live at peace with one another. You know, that's don't sweat the small stuff. Don't get all worked up over what someone else is doing or not doing for that matter. You know, God is just always remember that God is always in full control. And he is saying that he is always full aware of what's going on. There is nothing that surprises him, you know. No, not at all. So, I mean, if you have, uh, Marshall, if you have nothing else to add, we're going to, we'll move on through that, through verse 11. No, go ahead. Okay. So moving on to through verse 11, it goes on to say that, uh, say, uh, my favorite, <laughs> mine, and Marshall brought this up already, is to mind your own business and work with your hands. Mm-hmm. 
we kind of already touched on this, and it's pretty clear what mind your own business means. Mind your own dang business. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like anymore these days where <laughs> you're, you catch yourself saying that quite often. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I even tell, I even tell my kids all the time. Say, you know, we've asked them to go clean their room or to clean up this and that. Um, and of course, what does one of them do? They come, one of them comes to tattletale and uh, just do what you're asked to do and don't worry about what someone else is doing. That's, you know, it, it goes along with minding your own business. Don't worry about what your brothers are doing or your sister or whoever, you know, do the task that you are, that, you, that, that you were set out to do. Don't worry about that person not doing their part. Don't concern yourself with, and it, it kind of, I, I give that analogy because it's, you know, it's don't concern yourself with these, with these worldly matters. You should be, you should keep focused on the spiritual matters. Keep in mind that as a, that as a follower of Jesus, that you will live forever in a glorified body. Mm-hmm. So remember to keep yourself full of spiritual food and through God's word you you guys you guys eat every day to sustain yourselves don't you to sustain your physical body then why wouldn't you then why wouldn't you feed yourself spiritually as well come on now i know it i know it <laughs> i told you this was one of my favorite verses <laughs> i wanted to <clears throat> i want to back that up i want to back up that statement uh, and as far as like keeping yourself fed spiritually um and it i want to look up First uh, Peter chapter two verse two. First Peter two two. Like newborn babies, you should long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. As basically saying what I was saying is to keep yourself to feed yourself spiritually, not not just physically, but also spiritually as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's important. Okay, so moving on to work, work with your hands. This can. I, I've I kind of noticed in studying that this can uh, be taken either literally or figuratively. Working with your hands is is definitely not a bad thing. But heck, all of my hobbies involve working with my hands. Mm-hmm. But what Paul what Paul is trying to is trying to get at here is uh, that avoiding work only to live off of the work of others is unacceptable. We are we're we're all expected by God to work as as we are physically able to. So, I mean, it's, it's important to note that not all work is, is paid work. That's true. So, you know, yeah, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're repairing and, and, and so on. That's, that's all stuff that must be done. Although not paid, but detrimental to providing and supporting your, yourself, your family and, uh, the ministry and the community. I mean, I think all but eight hours is, uh, unpaid for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so what he's getting at in this in this verse is, you know, work with your hands isn't necessarily your hobbies. He's he's trying to stress the fact that that you should you, you don't be living off of somebody else. So you, you don't don't rely on you need to be able to cook and clean and, and you know support your family through through the work that you did. That's what he's kind of meaning by to work with your hands. Okay, so look this up real quick. Colossians, or I, I guess those of you listening, you can if you're driving or whatever, don't don't look it up. But look it up later, I guess. Chapter three, uh, verse 
23. Whatever you do, and this is talking this is talking about work. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul, that is put your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. So when you work, mm-hmm. do it don't do it for somebody else. Don't do it for uh to please uh you know in quotations the man, but do it for the Lord. Do it to do it out of respect to to him. Yeah, and you know, it goes on in 24. It says, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So it's not people. It's not your boss. It's not anybody. It's it's God. The master's God. So that's that's why it's so important to keep that in mind. You know, when, when you read that 23, I got to, that's something I have to remind myself quite often that, you know, Everything I do, it do it for the Lord. You know, do, do this job for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do this job to the best of your ability because you're not doing it for yourself or for your supervisor, your manager, or for the company you work for. I mean, that's important. What's important is, are you doing this for God or are you doing it for other reasons? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's move on. And it, it kind of that whole that whole conversation kind of segues us into into verse twelve, and I I, I can see where where this will get, where this can get taken out of context. And, uh, you know, that first part, win the respect of outsiders. We're not, when we get into this, uh, well, our, my Bible also says, and the way, let's see, what does my Bible say? How does my Bible say it? Verse 12, so that you will behave properly towards outsiders, exhibiting good character, personal integrity, and moral courage, worthy of the respect of the outside world. And also, Let's see, the New Living Translation, I also looked that up. Then people who are not believers will, will respect the way you live and not need to depend on others. So we're not, when it when it says to win the respect of outsiders, we'll stick with that that little version. We're not talking about uh, uh, vanity or what's some of the other words that I'm kind of looking for. You're not, you're not trying to make yourself look good, you know. Right. It's more of like a... Because it, you know, it, it says that down here, uh, where it explains that the, the verse you're talking about it says you can't be effective in sharing your faith with others if they don't respect you. So whatever you do, do it faithfully and be a positive force in society. So maybe it's you want to be respected, maybe spiritually on a spiritual type level. Right. Okay. Hold on. Just saying. Um, I have it written down here. Is um, yeah, I kind of jotted this down. The way you live and work as a Christian directly affects the way non-believers see what being a believer really means. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I guess to put it into simple terms. Yeah. So what what Paul is getting at here is that we should take pride in our work. We should work hard and mind our own business so that we may not cause any non-believer that we as Christians are, are hypocrites or cause somebody to stumble in their faith. Not only does mm-hmm. the way you yeah not only does the way you work hard and and you take pride in what you do show love to fellow Christians it also is one way to um honor God and display that and display that transforming power of the gospel to to outsiders to the non-believers the main idea of this verse is to is to charge believers to act live and work in a way to not cause or give unbelievers to um, uh, and not give, I'm sorry, not give unbelievers a reason to think that everyone who believes is living in some sort of, uh, fantasy or, in, or that they're, that they're better than anybody else. Yeah. What, what it actually does is it gives credence to the gospel or 
yeah, credence to the to God's word. I love it. I love it. No, I'm just listening to you and I'm yep. taking in what you're saying. And I just really like how you're really you're really driving this one home and I'm I'm soaking it up. I don't know about y'all listeners, but I'm soaking this one up. I know it. But we're gonna we're gonna start bringing this to a close. We've gone a long way over time, but uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to say Paul ends this verse reiterating Oh boy, I can't talk. He ends this verse reiterating that we should work for what we have or need and and to be dependent on no one. Don't expect someone else to to get what you need. Be self-sufficient in in need of nothing. Man, I'm I'm kind of putting that I don't want me to think about how to word that. Don't expect someone else to get you what you need. Be self-sufficient in need of nothing in a worldly sense, of course. That's that's what I meant to say, because we should all be in need of Jesus and only dependent on God. Yep. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I had this thought early on when thinking about doing this episode, and of course, led by the Holy Spirit, Paul writes this writes this passage this passage perfectly. But I thought it could also I had this other this other way that it could be written or he could it could also go on to say something like Make it your ambition to be vocal for the Lord and live a godly life filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that's about as deep as we can get into in, into a couple of verses, huh? I agree. I think you. Uh, I think you did a very good job of tearing that down and explaining it uh, as anybody could. Probably, I mean, I, better than I could. That's for darn sure. Before we let everybody go, uh, I want to kind of change topics just for a second here and talk about our social media pages. Um, as you guys know, we have uh, Twitter and we have uh, Instagram, but we now finally have Facebook up and running thanks to our handy dandy techno- technologically advanced uh, worker B Aaron here. Uh, you know, I tried a couple <laughs> different times to get that Facebook page up and running and I could not get it going for the life of me. They kept shutting me down, but uh, Aaron figured it out because he's smart, and he, uh, he got it up and running. So we now have a, don't spread that around. <laughs> so we now have a Undaunted Pursuit Facebook page, and if you would go out and like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, because you know we're always posting stuff on these social media pages. You know we try to post our episodes on them, and so you guys can go on there and listen to them. We we post random things on there as well, and uh, you know. Recently, I, I just posted on there, uh, what is your favorite Bible verse? Because we want to know these things. We want to interact with you guys. We want to we want to get to know y'all. We want to talk with y'all. Um, so I've got a, about three people here who named their favorite verse. I'm not going to name last names. I'll just name their their, their first name just to keep their, their privacy. But uh, this first person is Nicole. She said, uh, although it's difficult to choose just one, she says that Psalm 103.12 is, uh, is her favorite verse. And then uh, another individual, Faith, says that uh, that's a tough question because there are so many that pertain to her daily life, but she really likes Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because that was her uh, confirmation Bible verse. Uh, but she says, but for the record, there are so many that relate to her walk and uh, or what make her who she is in Christ. And the last one is Michael. He said Psalm 13, or I'm sorry, Psalm 132, 4 through 5. So, you know, if if y'all ever see us post, you know, questions or random things like that, go on there and comment and and or, or message us because this is our way to interact with you guys and, and get to know you and just see where you stand and, 
and uh, just kind of have some fun. Uh, so get on there and, and, and chit chat with us. Uh, we, we enjoy it. And I'm also going to try and don't think that these, that these posts are going unseen or that they're going unnoticed. Um, I'm going to, I think that I'm going to take a turn with some of the mini episodes and try and highlight some of your comments, some of your favorite Bible verses. And I'm I, like we did today, breaking down first Thessalonians, uh, chapter four is 11 and 12. I'd like to take your, your verses and it may take, don't think that I'm going to hit all your verses in, in one shot. So I, I'm going to choose some of these favorite verses. I'll give a shout out to you, who, uh, whoever posted their favorite verse. We'll break it down. We'll see what it says and, and take, it, take a look. Why is it your favorite verse? I can see I have a lot of favorite verses. Marshall has a lot of favorite verses. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to take a look into that in the mini episodes. That's awesome. I really like that idea. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, all right. So, guys, go out there, like us, follow us, tweet us, retweet us, reshare us on Instagram, Facebook, message us, send us emails. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. And uh, that's all I got, Aaron. Yep. He said, email us, undauntedpursuit at gmail.com. Most importantly, not most importantly, but it, it, it does kind of, it, it helps us out a lot. If you would go on to iTunes, leave us a good rating and review. That'll boost those. Uh, that'll boost us up in the uh, however they do that. You know, whatever. iTunes important. Rate it and review it. Um, YouTube. We have YouTube. Go on there. Check us out. No videos. We'll start getting. Um, we'll see how that how that turns out. But right now, it's just uh, you. It's just another avenue that you can use to listen to our podcasts. And um, undaunted pursuit at podbean or undauntedpursuit.podbean.com. Go on there. That's our website. Check it out. Subscribe. And I think we covered just about everything, didn't we, Marshall? Yeah. Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Reach out there. Pretty much any streaming service that there is where you can listen to a podcast, we're probably going to be on there. So just type in Undaunted Pursuit Podcast, and you're probably going to find us. Listen to us, like us, follow us, comment, rate us. Give us those, what is it, 10 stars, 5 stars, 100 stars. Just give us the top rating you possibly can, especially on iTunes, because it really helps push things along and get people to notice us. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next time on Undaunted Pursuit. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Adios. The weapons of a warfare are stronger than material Destroying every argument we use as an excuse to run and hide The truth is vital, we can be our favorite idol Losing everything or satiate our own destructive appetites But it's time to step out into the light Cause this is war time, get your mind right No more sitting on the sidelines on the rough Get yourself ready for more fight This is your time, learn to use your sword right Keep the kingdom first, there's nothing to fear Oh, I got that fire burning in me There's nothing to fear, no Oh, there's nothing to fear, no Kingdom over everything, stand against the enemy One day every hour, seeing every single knee will hit the ground Hell, the king of kings, he won the final victories Never letting go of me, he's wiping every tear out of my eyes But until that day, this is wartime Get your mind right, no more sitting on the sidelines on the rough, get yourself ready for more fight This is your time, learn to use your sword right Keep the kingdom first, there's nothing to fear Oh, I got that fire burning in me There's nothing to fear, no
Nothing to fear, no. Oh, there's nothing to fear, no. 